download. Open. Okay. And oh dear. Oh, back. What? What's happening? What? Here I am again, scrolling through social media on my phone in the middle of the night. Except now I've got headphones in and I'm in the other room because this is TikTok and it is loud as fuck. I realize that I can't fully report on the world of influencers without understanding this brave new social media platform. But unlike when I used to scroll the gram light at night, I'm a little disoriented. It feels a little bit like one of my kids has just sat on the remote control and their butt is flipping through every channel known to man. I'm not gonna do it, girl. I was just thinking about it. I'm not gonna do it. You are dumb, unattractive, overweight. TikTok dancer starter kid. What? I was over on the bench. I was over on what the bench. What you're gonna need is you're gonna start off with a icon. She's a legend and she is the mom. Unattractive, overweight, girl. I'm I'm gorgeous, gorgeous. Gorgeous. I was over on the bench. <laughs> Okay, so after a lot of swiping and poking, I finally found what I was looking for. Mom talk. One mom in particular has caught my eye. Breaking news, it has been a most mundane Friday. As you can see, I am doing laundry. Fridays are laundry days in our household. I've got a second load in That's the That's Jane Park. The She's got just over three million followers on the TikTok. I reached out to Jane to try to wrap my head around this mom talk thing. When I talked to Jane, I got a story that was pretty similar to the ones that we've heard over and over again from the Instagram moms. Jane used to be a journalist, a newscaster. What you just heard is a TikTok video where she's using her old newscaster voice. But when Jane had her kids, she needed a job that was a little less demanding, a little more flexible, and then it became hard to even have a job at all. I decided to take one for the team, so to speak, and stay home. And that ended up being a really, really, really difficult transition. I definitely felt like an imposter (laughs) doing things like volunteering in my son's kindergarten classroom because I was like, these are all things that I'm supposed to do. And yes, I'm so glad that I can do it. But, you know, I don't feel necessarily that I'm great at it? Or will I eventually kind of grow into this role and really enjoy it? Loneliness, a loss of identity, imposter syndrome, a lack of career stability. Heard this story before, haven't we guys? Over and over and over again, every time we talk to women and mothers who've turned to social media. And that's what Jane did. A friend of hers was like, hey, I think you might get a kick out of TikTok. So she downloaded and learned some of the dances that the kids are doing these days. And eventually, she found Mom Talk. Hi, everyone. This is, who is this? Ella and Kate. Ella and Kate. Let's Kind of stumbled upon the whole mom niche content, which was a lot of skits. It's toddlers choreographed TikTok dances. A lot of funny moments between moms and kids. Alex, who do you love more, mommy or mommy? Daddy! I felt like, oh, here are the users that are like me. I think it was October where I went from like 80,000 followers to like 250,000 followers overnight because of one viral video. Mommy? Yeah? Um... Um, we still Can you sit ha- down, please? You're not done yet. 
Mommy? Yes. Do we still have some raw? My husband was right next to me, like peacefully eating his dinner. So I just looked at him like, you're right here. Why don't they say daddy, you know? And my husband just kind of joked like, oh, that would be a good TikTok. So I just flipped my phone open um, to the app and I started recording. Mommy? Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you eating? Kimchi Do you want to taste? No. And then he notices my phone is on TikTok and then he says, Are you doing a TikTok? <laughs> and then I kind of break my poker face and start cracking up. When I uploaded that video, I didn't think anything of it. I woke up to millions of views. Really, I had no goal of being a TikTok influencer or getting any kind of partnerships or opportunities from that. But um, now I'm at a point where I am getting offers and opportunities to leverage this audience now. What seemed like just some silly video helped Jane feel confident in herself again. It helped her feel confident in her role as a woman and a mom, like she'd finally grown into this new iteration of herself. I have a lot of friends who think, obviously, Jane, you want to go back into news or back to your news career. And I'm like, no, because I think I've kind of evolved from that. Jane got on TikTok a year ago at the start of the pandemic, the early days when we all just thought we were going to be locked up for two weeks and then life was going to return to normal. <laughs> she wasn't alone. At the time when moms were thrown right into a pressure cooker, a lot of women got on TikTok to soothe their souls or try to find community in this brave new fucked up world that we were all living in. Some of those women became influencers. Sound familiar? History repeats itself, my friend. When Jane was getting into influencing, I was just starting the first draft of the very first episode of this show. And when we were talking, I couldn't help but get a little bit emotional about how we were both trying to figure out our role as moms at the same time. Social media helped Jane find her voice and her identity again. It's also a business and she makes good money doing it. As we've learned in these last nine episodes, social media has helped a lot of women to find community, find their identity, and to make some pretty nice cash. Cha-ching, my friends. Cha-fucking-ching. We've also learned that sometimes that comes with some nasty consequences and collateral damage. But the one big thing that I'm taking away from this is that this world is not going anywhere. All right, my friends, let's board a rocket ship and go into the future. What does the future hold for this industry? For all of us. I'm Joe Piazza, and you know the drill by now. Say it with me. We are all under the influence. Episode 9. Is this the end? You've made it to episode nine. Congratulations, my friends. Snaps and claps, snaps and claps. This is our last episode of the season. I'm sorry for that, but congratulations for making it here. 
We've been reporting this series for just over a year, and in that time, the influencing game has also completely changed. Tech moves faster than we can keep up with, and there are new social platforms popping up almost every day. Clubhouse. What the fuck? And now, way more than when we started this series, mom influencers are finding success on TikTok. And if you're wondering about the future of mom influencing, like I always am, mom talk is going to be a very big part of it. Brands are already moving millions of influencing marketing dollars over to that platform. In fact, I recently emailed Amber Vensbox from Reward Style, and she says they're also working with influencers on TikTok. So everyone is always moving forward. Thinking about this is exhausting. And it's kind of scary. Once I finally get the hang of one platform, and let's face it, fail at trying to be an influencer on that platform, there's already a new one making me and my profession totally irrelevant. So I guess I've got to get ahead of this game and learn how to be a TikTok influencer. Do you see a pattern here? I'm doing the same thing and I'm expecting a different outcome this time. That makes me certifiably insane. Well, from what I've seen on TikTok so far, my craziness might actually fly there. My first viral TikTok, I did a trend where you just kind of wiggled on screen and you pointed to things on the screen because TikTok uh, allows you to caption things, to add words. It was over 100,000 views. And Stop for it. me... <laughs> for a wiggle? You got 100,000 views for a, like, should I, when we get off, should I go wiggle or is that over? Wiggle and pointing seems to be the thing. And uh, bathroom mirrors. What do you do with bathroom mirrors? You say things. (laughs) (laughs) Shut your fucking face. (laughs) I don't get it either. That is Gwenna Lathland. On TikTok, she is known as Mama Cusses. As of this week, she has around 850,000 followers on TikTok. Gwenna is hilarious. She's hilarious and raw, and she curses even more than I do. Seriously. She makes fun of herself and her kids and her messy life. She's essentially the polar opposite of most successful mom influencers on Instagram. She's got technicolor hair and neon eyeshadow, and her look is this far cry from the young, blonde, Mormon mom influencers that we met in episode one. Now, the clean-cut moms do exist on TikTok, but on the talk, it is much easier to stumble upon a way more diverse group of moms. Gwenna is a mom of three, and her oldest was 11 when her twins were born. One of my first TikToks was me just trying to wrangle my twin, I think they were 16, 17 months old at the time, into my lap for a picture. So getting those Instagram-worthy pictures is a lot. And that was the first kind of moment where I was like, you know what? I can do this. I can normalize modern motherhood. We can celebrate those Instagram-worthy moments. But can we also discuss that uh, I'm covered in carrot juice and I don't remember the last time I pooped by myself? This right here. This is what I've been talking about for nine episodes now. How can we normalize the messiness of motherhood? How can we get paid for that shit? It doesn't feel like there is a huge place for that. Not on Instagram, maybe, but not on branded Instagram, not on the Instagram where, yeah. where you might make money from it. Yeah. They want, they want perfect. Brands still yeah. want perfect. They don't like poop. 
I'm I'm not sure that that's entirely true. I have brands that look at everything that I do and mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, we still want to work with you. We like the reality because that's the thing is as social media continues to grow and evolve, when it first started, it was Hollywood magic. We liked mm-hmm. the the legs on the beach shot, even though we know our legs do not look like that and we're never going to make it to a fucking beach. Okay, so as of right now, Gwenna does not make a full-time income on TikTok, but it is a solid side hustle, and she's working her way up. Hearing about Gwenna's work made me rethink everything that we already talked about, about Instagram authenticity. I mean, I'm now I'm kind of wondering, is the market actually opening up for real and messy moms? And does that mean that I've got a chance? Of course, I asked Gwenna about the logistics of this. What makes a good TikTok? is a whole different beast as far as content creation goes um, because you do only have that. You have 60 seconds and uh, you've got an audience for 60 seconds and you have to catch them in the first 10 or they're just going to scroll on because TikTok, like all the rest of them, have infinite scroll. It's never going to stop. As long as your thumb can flick upward, you've got more and you don't have to invest your precious 60 seconds in something that feels like shit to you. TikTok also has these new functions that Instagram does not have, a whole new vocabulary. Gwenna told me about something called, quote, duetting. And it doesn't have anything to do with swingers like I thought it might. Duet is a TikTok function where uh, you it puts up the original video and your added content. You're watching the original video and you have the opportunity to either add to or react to in this side panel screen. The other thing that helps a lot is getting a big creator <laughs> to uh, to connect with you. Oh, so, but you're a big creator, and I just I am a big creator. Yep, yeah, you've connected to me. Yeah, Gwena does not want to duet me. Did you hear her tone? It's the same tone that Tanya Nagara used when she did not want to tell me too much about her comment pods because no one really wants to let you into their sorority, Joe Piazza. But I just kept hitting her with really annoying questions anyway. And how important is music? Because I'm wondering if I can exclusively only use ABBA songs. <laughs> yes, you could. Uh, you'll get seven <laughs> followers. Um, that's really niche. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's pretty niche, <laughs> isn't it? All right. Um, Rethinking. Okay. God. A part of me is like, I'm so excited. And the other part of me is like, how drunk am I going to have to get tonight to try this? Actually, the drunker, the better uh, often. If you're 420 friendly, that helps too. So I plotted out my TikTok. Much like my Instagram attempts, I wanted to be funny and relatable and real and dare I say it, authentic. All right, guys. So we're out at a cabin in the woods with our pandemic bubble friends having a Passover Seder. It was so wonderful because all of our kids jumped on the trampoline like all day long. I didn't have to parent ever. Anyway, so the kids begged me to jump on the trampoline and I did it. I jumped and then I peed my pants because two babies have come out of my vagina. I'm not just telling you this story for fun. I'm telling you because it made me think what is more real as a mom on TikTok than peeing your pants on a trampoline. I brought it up at the Seder. Probably yeah. a pretty um, deep track for TikTok. Why don't you just... Right after we finish our, you know, our Passover Seder, we are pee, going... I'm, I'm going to... Wait, what are we doing after Passover Seder? We're going to we're gonna gonna try... I'm going to try to break... <laughs> I'm going to try to break TikTok with my video. 
jumping on the trampoline Dad, after four glasses of wine. So I put my glass of wine down on a log in the middle of the woods. I put on some Mamma Mia, and I bounced. Now, of course, this should be the part of the episode where I play you the TikTok video. But I cannot do that because I cannot legally play you any Mamma Mia. So you will just have to go to my TikTok. Trust me, I can use the views. 627 people watched that video. No one liked it. Gwenna did not choose to duet me. I still want to understand the benefit of all this labor. Gwenna connected me to another one of her mom talk friends. I am Tori Phantom. I have three little kids and I spend a whole lot of time on TikTok. I do a few things there and it's very much family lifestyle centered. Tori's yet another mom who turned to TikTok to get through the worst moments of the pandemic. Oh, I want to let you know that Tori uses they, them pronouns. So those are the pronouns we're going to use in this episode. 20 years after moms blogged away their loneliness, people like Tori and Gwenna have been TikToking away their loneliness. But I cannot stress enough how powerful it is to find your community like this. A really fun part of this is just the networking alone and meeting these people who I never would have had the opportunity to otherwise. And I mean, even Gwenna, who you spoke with, I mean, her and I, in what world would we have met? And now we're such great friends. And it's such a cool thing that we can share this experience of being influencers and have someone who gets it to talk to about it. In Tori's first year on TikTok, they've been able to grow a really strong following in a short amount of time. They have a little over a million followers, get regular brand deals, and signed with a talent agency. They also already have a deal to write a cookbook. All of that in one year. But the good news is they feel like they're just getting started. I would say it is becoming a business. I am in the beginning of that. Um, Joining social media has totally changed my life. I am planning to grow into a real business where social media will be more of a vehicle for a business than just me posting content and having fun. Because I think the thing with being an influencer is there there is money in that, which is great. But for me, it feels like something that isn't super stable or reliable because it's it's the internet. We watch social media platforms come and go all the time. And as I am a mom nearing 30 with three children, I'm like, okay, well, I need to find a way to turn this into something reliable, where instead of counting on brand deals, I'm really counting on myself. And so I'm really in the beginnings of that, but I have a lot of faith in myself that I'm going to be able to turn this into something more. Tori's so smart. Focusing on one platform doesn't make sense. Right now, people who are successful on social media should take all of the money and run with it. Just take it all. Take it all while it is still available, while that platform still exists. Influencing means becoming your own brand. And when you become a brand, you constantly have to innovate. It makes sense to me as a reporter and a writer, but the truth is, constantly innovating is exhausting. I've worked for so many media companies that just fucking disappeared overnight. I found out my job at Yahoo was over because I got a text message while climbing Mount Kilimanjaro on my honeymoon. Yep, they're like, sorry, happy honeymoon. You don't have a job when you get home from Africa. 
and Yahoo was like this stupid hybrid of tech and media. And tech, like media, is just constantly changing. And that means that even though these creators are making money, they still need some kind of safety net. No matter how savvy they are, everyone needs a safety net. I'm not the only one that thinks this. There's very smart people out there who know that influencers are the future of content. And they're investing in them too. We'll hear from them after the break. Back in February, SAG-AFTRA, that's Hollywood's biggest union. They represent actors and television and radio artists. They announced that they would be letting influencers into the fold, just like any other commercial performer. Once in the union, influencers would be eligible for things like pension and health benefits, all based off the earnings they make as an influencer. Why, you may ask? Because SAG-AFTRA recognized that this, this right here, is the future of content. I think it's going to be an embracing of a whole new way of storytelling that will become ageless. And we want to make sure that those individuals, even though they might be starting for one thing, if they decide to really pursue this as an ongoing profession or a form of expression, that they can do it with a sense of safety and dignity and excitement, right? We want to give them the ability to love what they do and not feel that they're compromising when they're doing it. I called the president of the SAG-AFTRA union, by the way, because that's what I do. I call the people who are doing the things. I'm Gabrielle Carteris. I'm a mom, an actor, and I'm a president of SAG-AFTRA. I've been a big fan of Gabrielle since I was in middle school, back when she played Andrea Zuckerman on Beverly Hills 90210. Which, by the way, was my high school boyfriend Kurt's favorite show. He had every episode on VHS. And one time I lost the episode where Kelly and Dylan hooked up while Brenda was in France and he didn't talk to me for like a month. Anyway, I called Gabrielle to ask her why SAG-AFTRA made this decision, the big decision to bring influencers, independent creators into their fold. Influencers, we like to call them independent creators. And it's not just bringing independent creators within our union. We actually have a lot of our members doing that work. It's a booming part of our industry when you think about it. It's um, brands recognize it, particularly through this pandemic. People have really discovered the ability that they're able to use technology and to become independent creators. As a union, it's really important for us to be nimble. Truth is, because we are a part of an evolving industry, it's very important that we evolve with it. Gabrielle, I kind of want to call her Gabby, by the way, but I don't think we're close enough yet. Gabrielle was quick to tell me that a lot of actors and the talent that they're already working with are already doing influencer work, but they also want to bring this new generation of content creators into the fold. People who are doing this independent creator's work or this influencer work, they need to have representation. It's like the wild, wild west out there. There's a benefit for the brand, and it's important for the person who's creating to also have those benefits. We want to make sure they have protections. As a person who's doing this kind of work, all you have is yourself. So we want to make sure to protect your image so that as you storytell and you go and move on, that they have the protections that they need, that they can make a living at what they're doing, and that they are able to work with dignity and not to be exploited. I was getting fired up during this call. 
with all the talk about protecting workers and treating influencers like the serious content creators that they are. See, whenever I pitch this podcast to editors, when I ask them to write about me and to give me press, it gets dismissed as a parenting story. But it's not a parenting story. Mom influencers are a business story. And it's a huge relief that Gabrielle and SAG-AFTRA are treating it like a business. Now, like any business, there are contracts and requirements that people would need to fulfill. So the contract that we've established will be something that is it in its success will start to evolve and really capture more and more protections. But initially, if somebody's able to even work under this contract, that actually allows them to also pay into a pension and health plan, which really is meaningful for people. This is a safety net. And you know who needs a safety net? Creators, particularly mom creators. So you're talking about moms who are doing this work, which is kind of exciting. I just love that women are constantly, and I I say this, I know everybody does it, but it is really true. Women are constantly reinventing themselves in different ways. And I'm so proud, you know, to hear that. I just love hearing moms doing this because it's, I know it might be something they're trying to do to earn money, but also it becomes a form of expression for them, right? That ability to tell a story and to know that, uh, that somebody has their back is great. Gabrielle's excitement was like palpable during our call. I could feel it. It was maybe even bigger than my excitement during the high school graduation episode of 90210. Gabrielle wants influencers to call them. I hope that people follow and look into being a part of this. Call the union if you have questions. And we look forward to uh, celebrating and really lifting up all the individuals who want to have the opportunity to uh, be able to do this work in under a protected universe. We want to be there for them. And I'm excited. I just, I love the idea that we're being nimble, that we're really um, paying attention to the industry as it uh, transforms and that we're creating a space for people. I love it. I love it too, Gabby. I'm going to, I'm just going to call her Gabby. I hope she's okay with that. Influencing, mom influencing, this is a fucking business. It's a business, motherfuckers. And I love the people that treat it like one. When I first started this podcast, I was worried that a lot of mom influencers would hate it, that they would hate me. And some people do, because some people hate everything. But a lot of them have written to me and said, thanks. Thanks for seeing me. Thanks for reporting on what I do like it matters. As this profession gets more and more formalized, I know that I need to make a decision. The decision that all of you have been waiting nine episodes for. I gotta figure out my own future, my own path forward. And so for the last time this season, I am going to call Glennis. Oh, hi. Good. What are you banging on? Don't bang. No, I'm taking the volume down so you don't make me deaf. Because I'm loud. No, I just had the volume up, I think. I really want to know, like, how do you feel right now? It's so nice when someone asks you how you feel. Not how are you doing? How do you feel, Joe? Tell me how you feel. I would, I'd like to replace how are you doing with how do you feel? I think Mm -hmm. it's a better, it's just a better question. So I'm going to drop the bomb right now. I'm just going to boom. This is going to be a bomb on me too. I don't know this. I don't want to be a mom influencer. (laughs) Oh, I do know that. 
no, it's done. It's done. And it's done because for my self-care, I need to separate work and personal. I need a separation. And I, I've, I did not have that through all of my 20s and most of my early 30s because I was a reporter and news breaks all the time. Yeah. Now I need to separate my work life from my personal life. And if my kids and my family are part of my work life, I cannot do that. So I do not want to be a mob influencer. I respect the hell out of them. I don't want to do it. Do you want to keep going as Joe the reporter? And this is an and or question. Mm. And or do you want to explore some of these other avenues as an influencer? Essentially what it feels like is like there's an influencer for every niche. (laughs) I mean, here's the trap we all go down. It's definitely more enjoyable to be a cottage influencer than a mom influencer. But then I have this feeling like if we explored it, it would be an endless nightmare of, you know, do these wooden hinges fit together correctly? And how is the pillow thrown? But I don't know. Like, was there anything about exploring being an influencer yourself that made you think, oh, I'd be okay doing this if the subject matter was shifted slightly? I don't know. Um, I know that I want to keep experimenting in this world. I want to keep going. If I want to be a storyteller in the world, then I need to figure out how to use these platforms. And I also think there's so much money on the table. And we've said this before, I love money and I love making money. So maybe you're right. Maybe I'm a cottage cabin influencer. This clearly is the future of where content is going, whether we like it or not. And so it's either evolve as a storyteller or don't be a storyteller anymore. I genuinely believe that. You are such a storyteller that I am extremely curious to see because you have such good instincts where these instincts point you next i have a sweater for your cottage influencing instagram that i bought for you so let's like see you in the country maybe i don't i don't know i bet i i think that there is still room for me in the influencer space not as a mom influencer especially because i don't think that i can do that like i'm out of the baby phase now I don't think that I can be a mom influencer unless I have more kids. Mm-hmm. But my period is late again. So <laughs> it pregnancy or early menopause. Well, you could be a menopause influencer. Menopause is suddenly the hottest topic. You could be a menopause influencer. That's the next thing. I don't think women of our generation are going quietly. So this disappearing after 45 is going to be... I think menopause influencers. Maybe that's it, Joe. Guys, would you listen to a podcast from a menopause influencer? You know the answer is yes. (laughs) I fully believe you could be a paramenopause influencer if that's what you wanted. Or a cottage influencer. Or a cottage influencer. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I have faith in you. All right. Guys. Stay tuned. Stay stay tuned, my friends. Should we close out with some ABBA? Absolutely. Yes. It's the name of the game. It's the name of the game. Wait, or money, money, money. Um, yeah, or uh, Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia, here I go again. My, my. How can I resist you? And curtain down. And scene. But wait, hey, are you guys, are you guys still here? It's not over. How could it be over? There is still so much that we have not covered. We haven't talked about adoption influencers or LGBTQ influencers or celebrity influencers. 
Yes, the celebrities who make way more money influencing you to buy things than they do doing TV or movies or music. We can't end yet. Someone is going to have to drag me kicking and screaming out of my closet. I want to keep going. So if we're all going to stay under the influence, there's a few things we need to get straight. We need to demand fair wages for all influencers. We need to hold social media platforms to task for making billions off influencer content. If all of the men in all of the ivory towers of Silicon Valley are making billions from the women who are producing the content, then the women should be making a lot of money too. This reminds me of a time in Iceland back in 1975. You didn't think we were going to go to Iceland in 1975, did you? But here we are. On October 24th, 1975, 90% of women in Iceland went on strike. They didn't do housework, they didn't buy anything, they didn't participate in the economy, and they shut it all the fuck down. People in Iceland still look back on that day as the day the entire country started paying better attention to women and the work that they do. Imagine if all of us went off social media for just one day. We would destroy it. We would destroy the entire system. Maybe that's something we should do in season two. Now, of course, I don't know yet if we are deemed influential enough to have a season two. Are my bosses listening? So there's one last thing I do want to address. It is you. You, my listener. You, my favorite people. My favorite people in the whole world. The audience. And, I assume, the audience of lots of the influencers we've talked to this season. I want to make sure that you guys are protected too. I want to protect you all from the deep, dark vortex of social media. Now, I would be a total asshole if I left you guys out of my quest for total social media happiness. You deserve to be happy. So I'm going to leave us all with a little lesson about how we can approach Instagram in a way that makes us all a little happier. I often get asked this question about whether or not Instagram makes us happier or does it decrease our happiness. That is Dr. Lori Santos. She runs the most popular course in the history of Yale University. Yeah, the most popular course in the history of Yale. That class, Psychology and the Good Life, is essentially happiness 101. Lori also has a spectacular podcast called The Happiness Lab, and I was very lucky to get her to give us a mini course on how to be happier while we use social media. Instagram doesn't make us as happy as we think. I think a, a big one is social comparison. You know, and so that negative social comparison, the research shows, can really affect our happiness. So if we're constantly bombarded by individuals who are, you know, seem richer than us or better looking than us or have cooler jobs than us, you know, that can sometimes negatively affect our happiness. One of my favorite pieces of advice comes from a journalist, Catherine Price, who I interviewed on my podcast, The Happiness Lab. She mentioned that if we really want to interact well with social media, Instagram, and other tools, we need to ask ourselves a, a mindful question. Um, she, she even gives us an acronym for the questions we should ask ourselves. She calls it WWW. What for? Why now? And what else? You know, so what did I hop on Instagram for? Maybe I specifically wanted to make a post or really wanted to check a specific post on Instagram. Maybe I was feeling bored or anxious. Maybe I was feeling lonely, right? You know, when you ask the what for question, you can really try to assess whether or not you're getting on Instagram for the right reasons. 
Then you ask the why now, right? And that's kind of being mindful about what drives you to Instagram. Is it because you're feeling curious and excited about what you're going to see? Or maybe it's because you're feeling bored or anxious or you're not in a good space, right? You know, why are you going on there now? And then the most important question is what else, right? You know, we can spend, you know, hours on Instagram, right? What else could you be doing with that time? What's the opportunity cost of you using Instagram? I think all of these tools can potentially improve our happiness if we use them in the right way, and if we're mindful that we tend to be using them in ways that are building us up rather than depleting us. I don't want to be depleted. I want to enjoy my life. I want my cup to runneth so full that I pee on the trampoline. Lori's suggestions were so good. Now, every time that I open Instagram, I'm like, why am I doing this? And most of the time, the answer is, I'm doing this out of habit. I had absolutely zero reason to be here. And you know what? It's making me happier. I'm off the social media way more than I was when we started this podcast. And I like my life a little better. And I think my kids like my life a little better, too. They're happy that I'm not taking pictures of them all the time. In fact, Charlie has started taking pictures of all of us. So maybe it's really Charlie who's going to be the influencer here. He keeps telling me he's going to be an artist. Hey, Charlie. What do you want to be when you grow up? Only an artist! Only an artist? Yeah. You're you're a beautiful artist. Do you take take good pictures? You take... So guys, I'm signing off for now. I, I really am. This is over. Yeah, but you know, late at night when I'm hiding in my bathroom or trying to poop without my kids banging down the door, I will still be on the gram. I am always under the influence and always thinking about all of the things that come with that. And I love knowing that all of you are too. That we're all in this together. That is some community building, bitches. Thank you for joining me on this journey. Under the Influence is reported and hosted by me, Joe Piazza. Our story editor is Glynis McNichol. Emily Marinoff is our producer. Sound design by Emily Marinoff and Jackie Huntington. Our theme and additional music was composed by Jessica Kranchich. Mixing done by Jackie Huntington and additional research conducted by Jocelyn Sears. Julian Weller is our consulting producer. And Manga Shatikador is our executive producer and a grand wizard. Special thanks to you. To you, our audience. Because you've all been fucking rock stars. Thank you to all of you for sharing this, for reviewing this, for telling literally people, strangers that you've met on the street to listen to this podcast. Keep it coming, guys. I'm not going to tell you to stop. Keep going. We are influential. That's what we are. And special thanks to my husband, Nick, and my children for, you know given me this idea in the first place and driving me so crazy that I became addicted to Instagram. And finally, for those of you who are curious, yes, I still despise Julia Roberts. Goodbye and good night, my friends.